Man, I, I love being a part of this church, and I want to. I want to give. I want to. I want to teach you something today. I, wanna, I have something on my on my heart, my mind. I've been praying for. I believe that God's going to speak to a lot of you today. Uh, if you want to turn to Matthew seven, if you have a Bible or an app on your phone, I'll, we'll get it to it in just a second. But um, every now and then, all of our campus pastors gather together. A lot of times, we do meetings. We we do a lot of video conferencing. We meet up in person sometimes. But a couple times a year, at least once a year, we'll get together. And we'll go away to a retreat, we'll do something fun, uh, we'll have intentional conversations. Uh, a lot of times it's just to have a blast. And about a year and a half ago, I don't know who decided this, but we decided, you know, let's go out in the middle of the wilderness and let's ride ATVs together. And, um, you know, we have a lot of diverse campus pastors. Some of them grew up in the woods and some of them did not. And so it was, it was interesting, and, and we had a blast. I mean, er, everybody just, we just drove through rivers and streams, and we, we got muddy, and we were wearing camo. We weren't hunting. We were just, you know, wearing camo, and, uh, <laughs> and it was so fun. We, we might have messed up a couple of them. We, I don't know. There's a few pictures. Um, it's just beautiful. Arkansas is beautiful. It's just amazing how uh, beautiful Arkansas is. And in uh, one of these pictures, you can't really see it, but one of these uh, is Pastor Rick driving and Brandon Shatswell riding with him. Now, that was worth the price of the trip right there. <laughs> Pretty amazing. But we're, we're just having a blast. We're, you know, hollering and yelling and laughing. And at one point, though, we, we got sort of lost. Not sort of, we got, we got lost. And, and there was like two paths we could go. We didn't know. We're in the middle of the, you know, we didn't know. And so if you can imagine 20 men who think they're leaders, <laughs> who think they have a built-in GPS system hardwired into their brain by God, because that's what, that's what men have. We don't ask for directions. We know. We feel it. God has given us that gift. And so... Um, so we're trying to decide where to go. There's two paths, and we ended up making it back okay, and it was, it was so fun. But in this scripture, Matthew 7, Jesus basically says there's two paths. Check this scripture out. He says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. He said, well, there's, a, there's a wide road, and that's where most people go. All right? But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. He said there's two paths, there's two roads. One of them is where most people go. The narrow road is what most people won't do. He says, you need to take the road less traveled. The things that I am calling you to do, you, you got to go through the narrow road. And if, as you look through the teachings of Jesus, you'll see that so much of what he taught, everything he taught, was countercultural. It was attacking the status quo. It was not normal. God calls us to be different. He calls us to be not normal. Normal, honestly, is not working. As you look around your life, maybe as you look around your friends or maybe your workplace, to be honest with you, normal doesn't work. You want to you wanna give your life to God, normal does not work. You look around your life, normal is uh, boring. A lot of people that are bored, they're boring because they're, 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 they're normal. 
Normal is stressed out, burnt out, uh, emotionally, physically exhausted, spiritually exhausted. Normal is broke, living paycheck to paycheck, ne- never really getting ahead, not knowing how to manage your money. Uh, normal is lonely. No- normal is superficial. A lot of acquaintances, not really a whole lot of true friends, honest friends. Some people don't even have anyone that they can text and say, will you pray for me? But yet, they go to church. And normal is is superficial. That's what most people live. Normal is fearful. Normal is insecure. Normal is uh, prideful and not open to anybody speaking into your life and just blind spots, but you're defensive. If anyone tries to approach you, you just look, I mean, just look at the qualities that most people live by and it's, it's normal. But, but God, Jesus is presenting a call and he's saying, do not take the normal path. You're going to have to go down the road less traveled. Would you write this down if you're taking notes? If you want to make a difference, you have to be different. If you want to make a difference, you have to be different. I just have a feeling that there's a lot of people in this room that want to make a difference. You want your life to matter. You want to do something significant for eternity. Well, if you want to to make a difference, you have to be different. This is actually true in almost every area of your life, right? If you want to make a difference in your marriage as a husband, you got to do some things differently. You can't just do what all your buddies are doing. You can't lead that. You have to do some things differently if you want different results. As a wife, you got to, you got to be a different type of wife. If you want to make a difference in your kids, some of you raising kids. How many of you raising kids? Okay, I have four kids. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I just fake it till I make it. If you want to make a difference in your kids, you can't be like every other parent. It just happens in my house. My kids get so mad. They're like, hey, Dad, I want to watch this movie. What's it rated? PG-13. No. Dad, can I have an extra bowl of cereal? No. Dad, I want to go to this thing. No. Dad, I love you. No. Wait. What? what? I just, because I'm going to micromanage my kids' life while they're in my house. I am going to train them and disciple them. They don't get to have a say. And hardly any. Vacations? Yes. The answer is yes. Every other day? No. Why? I'm your daddy. That's why. Nor, I mean, it's just not, you can't be normal. You want to make a difference in your sorority, your fraternity? You can't be like everybody else. You want to make a difference in your school, on your team, at your workplace? You can't be like everybody. You have to be different. God has set you apart. To make a difference. And I'll be honest with you. Our pastor, Pastor Rick Biza, he's not normal. <laughs> he, is, he is the most fascinating man I have ever met. And thank God he's not normal. The Bizet family is not normal. And look at what they've done. Look at the influence that they have. The staff around here. I mean, they're just not normal. They're just, it just, they're not normal. They're, they're different. Turn the person next to you and say, don't be normal. Don't, don't be normal. Now, hey, I want to I clarify something. If you're taking notes, jot, jot a few of these things down. Some of you really, really emphasizing that. You said it like four times. Write these, I want to clarify something. Let's, let's talk about what? Being different does not mean, okay? Being different does not mean being perfect. 
does not mean being perfect. We'll never be perfect. It's not possible. How many of you are, like my wife is a go with the flow person, okay? And that ain't God, okay? I'm a planner. How many planners in the house? How many, you, you just love to plan. How many have, uh, you don't do apps, you do a paper planner? Okay. Whoa. I am shocked by how many of you are resisting 2020. But if you have a friend or a family member or a spouse with a paper planner, you need to stay close to them. They will help you in your life. Uh, all the planners, that this, God has anointed you. But people that plan and, and, and they're obsessive about that and they want to be perfect, perfectionistic, some of you tend to lean that way in certain areas, will never be perfect. God can only use imperfect people. He actually can't use perfect people because they don't exist. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power, say power, power. is made perfect in weakness. God can only be seen for who he is when he moves through a weak vessel. That's why testimonies are so powerful. Because your friends are like, oh, I know you. I know the real you. God is real. You know what I'm saying? So being different is not being perfect. Also, uh, being different is not being weird. Don't be weird. Is, is, you, know, you don't have to. Uh, we all have that weird Christian friend, you know. It, 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 you know, you don't have to be weird to be different. You can't be like, if your breath stinks or stank, there's a difference. <laughs> Stink is food's fault. Stank is your fault. Um, <laughs> you know. You can't be like, well, I'm different. God's called me to be different. No, God's called you to brush your teeth. <laughs> you know, if you repel people, it's like, no, you don't need more of Jesus. You need more friends. You know what I mean? Like, don't be weird. 2 Corinthians 5.13, uh, Paul said, if it seems like we're crazy, because sometimes what God tells you to do and what is in this Bible, it will seem like so against the grain that people might think you're weird. Says if it seems like we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. Once people see, oh, you're different because you're honoring God, then they'll know that you just you're just a special person that you're just trying to do what God's called you to do. Being different is not it's not being perfect. It's not being weird. It's also not being better. See, some of you didn't go to church for a long time. You you took a hiatus, and it's not because you didn't love Jesus. It's because you didn't love church people. Because church people walked around, they're like, I'm better than you. Because I know scripture. Because I listen to Waymaker. <laughs> and, and they had this holier-than-thou attitude towards you because maybe you were, you, you didn't know what they knew and you didn't know how to act like they acted. You didn't know how to dress like they dressed and you were just you and they made you to feel like you shouldn't be you. And they, they had this, this idea, this feeling of I'm better than you. But when you looked at their life, you go, you actually aren't, but I actually don't even like you. I don't even want to be like you. So you have no influence in my life. Being different is not about being better. First Peter 1, 15 and 16. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Well, what does holy mean? Holy means set apart. 
It doesn't mean being better. It just means you're set apart. You're different. What God has called us to do is not to be perfect, not to be weird, not to be better. It's just to be set apart. It's just to be different. It's to do what God has called us to do. Now take a look at Romans 12. And we're going we're gonna to stay here for the rest of this teaching. And I believe that God's going to speak this morning. I think he's going to ask some of you to change some things in your life. And it's, for the, it's, for the, it's for good. It's going to help you. It's, gonna, it's really going to help you in your life. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, in the past, they, they'd make animal sacrifices. So this, this was resonating with the people of the day. They're like, oh, I offer, now I give back my entire life as a sacrifice. Uh, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Okay, now let's go right here. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Did you know that the, the pattern of this world is drifting away from God? It's not drifting to God. It's drifting away. It says don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For many, many years, I was normal. Like, I did what normal people did. When I was high school, college, I, 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 and I just went down the broad path. I went down the path that everyone else was going, and I reaped the consequences of that. And I, I'm going to tell you, there were, some, there were some dark days in my life. I, I just want you to know, if you're sitting here today and you have been through dark days or you're going through dark days, you're feeling the consequence of sin and decisions and you've hurt people in your life, I've been there. I was a liar. I was, I was addicted. I, I, I just was, I was not a good leader. I was a follower. I was doing everything. And God got a hold of me through a lot of pain. Sometimes pain will wake you up. And I hit rock bottom. And something happened to me that only God can do. Some of you, that's what you need today. You need God's power to do what only God's power can do. And God literally transformed my life in a moment. And I went on a journey ever since then. And it hasn't been normal. There's nothing about my life that is normal. I'm not better. I hope I'm not weird. I'm definitely not perfect. But I've given my life to being different because that's when I read the Bible, that's everything in there. It's like... I've set you apart. My wife and I, when, what brought us together, uh, yeah, she's good looking and great personality for sure. Those, it's hard to find someone who loves God, who's not weird, and who's pretty. And she met all three, and uh, some of you are looking for that. Some of you are you're like, I want, how am I going to find this? You know, it's, it's, it's usually like two out of three, and that ain't going to work. But <laughs> just saying, what brought us together, she, she was different. She was different. And together we, we got married and we've given our lives to doing whatever God is told, told, telling us to do. And the same thing with Pastor Rick and, the, and all the staff and some of you, the leaders here. And what, what would happen if we all left here and we said, you know what, it doesn't matter what's happened in my past. The past is the past. God has forgiven me. It doesn't matter the family I grew up in, right? Because 
You don't have to have a rich heritage. You don't have to come from wealth. You don't have to grow up in a Christian family. No, God can use anybody at any time, anyone who's willing, anyone who has faith, anyone who can receive, anyone who can be obedient. What if we, no matter where you're at in your life and no matter how confident you feel, if you say, God, I submit my life to you to being different. I want to make a difference. I have a feeling that so many of you, it's on your heart today. You want to do something that actually matters with your life, that actually matters for eternity. You want to make a difference until right now, until the day that you breathe your last breath, which we don't know what that day is. You want to leave a legacy on this earth. But if you want to make a difference, a a real difference, because this is all we have. We're on temporary assignment here on earth. One day we'll be in heaven. Everything will make sense. It will be perfect. Right now we're on a temporary assignment. If you want to make a difference, you have to be different. I want to give you three ways. Just I want to get really practical for a minute. Three ways that we can be different. How can we be different? And I encourage you to write these down. How can we be different? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Are you okay today? Is life good? Do you need some more coffee? (laughs) Number one, how can we be different? Number one, be different in the way you live. Be different in the way you live. Verse two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. This is the way I used to, I used to live as a conformer. I used to just, every environment I was in, I would conform. I would just adapt. People were dictating who I was. I was, was modifying everything. LeBron James, it's reported that he spends about a million dollars on his body every year, which is just a little bit more than I spend <laughs> on everything ever in my life. And, and why? Well, because he's doing things differently because he wants different results. In his craft, he wants to be the best. You know, he's... He wants to do things differently. Uh, I've been on this stupid paleo diet lately. I don't know if you have tried that. And um, it, it's so dumb. It, <laughs> it's where, and I don't know if you know what it is. Here, basically what it is, it's like when you only eat what the cavemen ate. Or the cavewomen. It's just, and, and so you just eat like fresh fruit picked from the tree, <laughs> or twigs, <laughs> or roasted rabbit, uh, stuff like that. And here's my thing. If the cave people had had Cool Ranch Doritos, oh, they would have eaten them. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if you, like, got a big bowl and put some homemade vanilla bluebell ice cream and plopped a warm brownie on it, they would have been, oh, it's good, it's good, you know. I'm sure that's how they talked, you know. I'm just saying, they, I mean, they would, might have been, like, obese, but they, they would have enjoyed their life more, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, I, I've been doing this diet cause, just because I want to, you know, be fit. Mm, 2020, you know. And I am always hungry. I am never full. I am never satiated. I walk around my house just saying, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. It is, I just can't, I'm hangry, I'm cranky, I am just so hungry all the time. 
what if the way that we live our lives, we lived it in such a way that it made other people hungry for who we are and what we have? What if the way that we treated people, the way that we lived out the Bible, the way that we lived out truth, not just knowledge of Scripture, not just speaking truth, but actually the way that we lived and modeled this life with Jesus, if it was so compelling that people, even maybe if they didn't even know what was going on, but they just, by being around you, they felt the presence of God. They felt something different. You were meeting a need for them without even speaking, without even putting your Bible on your desk at work, just, just by the way that you talk and the way that you speak and the way that you live. People go, I don't know if I believe in God, and I don't know if I believe in churchy stuff, and I don't know about this new life thing, but whatever peace you have, I want it. I'm intrigued. Can you tell me what you do? Can you tell me what has happened in your life? What if in just the way we live, we could make a difference? Matthew 5, verse 13, Jesus said this. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Now, in today's culture, salt isn't that valuable. I mean, we, we use it. But back then, it was very valuable. The Greeks, they considered it divine. The Romans would even pay some of their workers. Their wages would be in salt. Salt was very valuable. So this metaphor that Jesus was using, they, it was clicking with them. So you are the salt of the earth. Jesus is basically saying, you go out and you make people thirsty for what you have. So some qualities of salt, if you just think about it for a second, uh, what are some qualities of salt? Well, salt adds flavor. Right? You go to your in-law's house, or you go to your, your kid's house, or you go to a friend's house, and maybe they're not that great at cooking. And you take a bite of that casserole, and you're like, this needs some salt. <laughs> and you put some salt on there, and all of a sudden you're like, this is great. Now, I cook a lot, and I'm a cook, and I've ever cooked for you. Do not ask me for salt. That's offensive. Like, shut up. No, eat it. You cleanse your palate or something. I'll cleanse it for you. Salt adds flavor. What about your life adds flavor to people? Are you adding flavor to people? When they're around you, are you adding flavor? Salt is a preservative. It's, it prevents decay. It prevents corruption. There was no refrigeration in the Middle Eastern world in that century, and they, they would have to use salt to preserve uh, fish and even like mummies. And we're called to prevent decay in people, prevent decay of the world, corruption of the world. Salt is a disinfectant. It's a healing agent. So growing up, probably, uh, you, when you got a little scratchy throat, your, your mom was like, you need to gargle with salt water, you know, because it heals. We are the salt of the earth. We have been called to be a healing agent, to, to heal people's lives. Salt also, it changes its environment. So like when it snows or sleets and there's some ice on the sidewalk or the roads, pour salt on it, it'll melt. It'll melt the ice. Salt has a a way that changes its environment. And the same for us, we're called to go into any environment, any situation, and bring life to it. We're not dictated by our environment. We set the environment. We walk in with power. We are not afraid of anything. We are not insecure about anyone. We walk in. We are the salt of the earth. This is what we are called to do. We are called to make a difference. We are called to be different. So if you want to make a difference, you have to be different. Different in the way you live. Number two, also, different in the way you think. 
different in the way you think. A couple weeks ago, I preached. We have three services. I preached three times, and um, and then we had a leadership meeting that night. I, I kind of did a little leadership talk, and I set my iPad and my Bible uh, down somewhere in the church, and I left it. I had getting the kids in the car or whatever, and drove home, and I got home. And I don't know if you're like this when you lose something. Like when I lose something, I I think about it, and I can't. I I can't. I have to know where it's at. <laughs> I want to know where is it. So I'm putting the kids to bed. I'm like, oh, man, I think I left my, start out slow, you know. I left my Bible, my iPad, you know. I'll find it. God is good, you know. It's not a big deal. But, you know, I use my iPad every day, uh, multiple times a day. It's a part of me. Uh, my Bible was a Bible that my parents gave me uh, when I went into ministry, when I surrendered to the ministry. That's what Baptists call it. Surrender, I give my life, you know, whatever. Uh, it, was a, it was a special Bible, you know. I only use it to preach out of, you know. I was like, where is it, you know? And then I started, I put the kids' bed. I was like, where is it, though? You know, like, where could it be? I know where I put it. I thought I grabbed it. It's not, I don't know where it's at. I got up the next morning, my off day, went up to, I usually go to the office on my off day. I went up to the church, started looking around. I was like, it's not here. It's not here. I looked through every room of the church. I went outside. I was like, oh, my goodness. I think I put it on top of the vehicle. And when I drove off, it went every, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, oh, man. So I went out, I looked through the parking lot, I walked around the parking lot. Then I got in my car and I started driving down College Avenue looking for a blown up iPad. I'm just like a creeping, I mean, just, I just, I was just obsessing about it all day. Went back to the church, the cleaners had been there. I'm like, the, the cleaner stole it. You ever blame somebody when you lose something? <laughs> Come on, elbow your spouse. I know one, at least one of you do that. Right? Did you take my phone? I don't keep up with your phone. Couldn't find it. Next day, went back up to the church. Looked through every cabinet in every little life room. Looked through every, I, I, was, I was going crazy. Looked through trash cans. Walked through the parking lot again. Drove down College Avenue again. Kept going. Didn't turn around. Kept going to Best Buy. Asked for a representative. I need you to tell me the difference between all these iPads. I got to get a new iPad. He's like, I was like, he's like, what happened? I was like, I lost it. He's like, that happens sometimes. I'm like, shut What are you He said, this is the expensive one, this is the medium, this is the cheap one. I'm like, what do they do? And he started telling us, like, I don't, I don't. It just give me the cheap one. Bought it, went to the office, got there. Uh, we have an associate pastor named Garrett Matsuyama. I walked in to his office. I said, man, I just had to buy a new iPad. He's like, no, it's on your desk. <laughs> I said, no, it's not. I have, I have, trust me, I have looked through every room. He said, no, I just brought it. I just put it, your Bible's with it too. I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, I'll grab you the other day. I was going to give it to you. I said, but you didn't. You didn't give it. So I got, I got it back, and I'm good now. I said, I appreciate your intentions, you know. But I don't know, like, we have to change the way we think. Like, I know some of us are like that. We're obsessive in our thoughts. And, you know, sometimes our thoughts can take over our life. In order to make a difference, we have to change the way we think because actually our thoughts are determining a lot of the way that we live. And that verse 2 says, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To transform means to change dramatically. To uh, renew means to renovate. We can change dramatically by the way that we renovate our thoughts. 
The Greek verb transformed is seen, as our English, seen in our English word metamorphosis, which means to, to change from the inside out. We can change the way we think by renewing our mind. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. To set means to put into place, like setting a table. We got to think differently. We got to think bigger. We got to think with faith. We got to think positively. We got to believe in people. We got to change the way we think. Second Corinthians ten verse five says, "We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ." That word "captive" it means to lead away and bring under control. To lead away and to bring under control. The Greek word for captive comes from the word "spear." Comes from the word "spear," and I have a spear, and it is a toy, just to put you at ease. He's got a spear. I know the security around here is pretty legit. I don't know, it's a toy. It's a Black Panther spear. Um, <laughs> so the word captive comes from the word spear. We actually are, what it tells us to do is to attack our thoughts at spear point. And it says in John 8, Jesus said, the truth will set you free. So here's how you win the battle of your minds. Anytime you have a fearful thought. You start to think, oh, I'm never going to get married. I'm not worthy. Uh, uh, I don't know about my future. The best days are behind me. I'm scared. I'm scared of death. I'm scared of my health. I'm, I'm scared of never having enough money. I'm going to be poor. I'm just scared. I just have a lot of fear. Oh, you recognize the fear. You spirit. You bring it under control, and you pull it out, and you replace it with truth. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. I will not be afraid of anything. I will not be afraid of anyone, any situation. Even, even when everything around me is falling apart, I will not be afraid because God is with me, right? So you start having feelings of pride, which we all struggle with. And, you, and you, it's in your mind. You got to win the battle of your mind. You start having uh, thoughts of pride and I, you're better than people and you don't need nobody in your life and you're defensive and you bow up on people around you. They're trying to help you. You recognize that thought and you spirit. You go, no, 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 nah, I, will not, I will not be prideful. I will not be arrogant. God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble, James 4. I don't want to be proud. I want to live under grace. I want to walk in grace. And you replace it with truth. You start to have feelings of condemnation and shame, right? Because we've all made mistakes. We all are not perfect. And you have a past. You've hurt people. You've done things you never should have done. You start to have feelings of shame. And you don't feel worthy and condemnation. And this thought and this voice that says you shouldn't even live. And no one loves you. And you're not worthy. Your dad didn't even like you. Nobody likes you. And you spirit and you pull it away, and you say, no, Romans 8, 1, now there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. This is how you win the battle of your mind. You attack it, and you spirit. You take it captive. You pull it out of your mind, and you replace it with God's voice, God's truth. If you want to make a difference, you have to be different in the way that you live, in the way that you think. And then number three, you have to be different in the way that you dream. Different in the way that you dream. Let's talk about Chick-fil-A for a second. I mean, what, what a be no better way to close out a sermon. I mean, on Sundays, it doesn't seem like you dream about Chick-fil-A. Those beautiful waffle fries and those nuggets with Polynesian sauce and spicy chicken sandwich. I mean, it's just the glory is coming. And the service, it's not even like it's just the food. It's like, can I have some more napkins? 
Yeah, here you go. Thank you. My pleasure. You stop it. <laughs> wow. I mean, you just, you ever been to another fast food place? You're just like, y'all need Jesus. This is just not working. You need to get some Christian chicken in here, you know. You can dream about it all you want today. It don't, matter, it don't matter how much money you have, you can't get it today. What do you dream about? Like, you want to make a difference, you got to change the way you dream. The way you dream about your future, the way you dream about everything, the, way, the lens in which you see the world, you see your decisions. In this verse 2, the end of it, it says, Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And what that means is, as you refuse to conform to the pattern of this world, and as you change the way you think, you will start to desire God's will. And you don't even know what it is all the time, but you just know that if God wills it for you, you want it. You just know that whatever God says, that's what's good. As your heart changes, you say, that's, I don't, it's just whatever you want, God. Whatever your will is, is what I want. And you, the box is removed from your life, and the lid is opened up on your life, and you can make a difference. Change the way you dream. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people. I'm just saying God is calling us to be different. He's calling us to be different. You are a royal priest, holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Come on, don't just dream about your family. Dream about the families that are broken, marriages torn apart, kids that are lonely. Dream about that, how you can help those people. Don't just dream about your kids being successful the way that you see them being successful. Dream about them knowing Jesus intimately, having a relationship with him, hearing the voice of God, doing what God has for them. Don't just dream about keeping up with everybody, social media and all that. Dream about how you can use everything in your life, social media included, to make a difference. Don't just dream about being successful at work and your business and all that. Dream about how whatever you do, you use it to make a difference. You use your gifts, your calling to make it. Dream. Don't just dream about comfort. Dream about your calling. And I'm just so thankful that this is what Jesus modeled for us. He came onto the scene and he was, he was different. He was different. He'd see people that no one liked, and he'd hang out with them. He'd see people that no one touched, and he'd heal them. He, he would see enemies, and he would say, love them. He was a king, yet he modeled servant leadership by washing his disciples' feet and say, this is how you lead. Everything for him was turned upside down. Everything was different. And I just want for all of us, starting right now, if you're not doing it, I want you to submit your life to God and I want you to be different. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. Don't be normal. Do not be normal. We got one life to live. Let's be different. Let's make a difference. Would you bow your heads?